Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Welcome everyone to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. I'm here with G. Hi. And Betty. Hello. And the most amazing, fantabulous Megan Quinn. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Um, so we'll jump straight in. We want to know, how did you get into writing romance? Uh, first of all, I just need to say, if you guys can hear my kids in the background, I apologize in advance. <laughs> we always have G's guinea pigs drinking in the background so it's always it my that's, that's amazing um yeah they have that like um right before bedtime second wind going on so mm-hmm. um that's exciting <laughs> um so I actually never thought that I was going to be an author ever um growing up I always watched romantic comedies like and I mean avidly, I was the girl who would stay home on Friday nights and sit between her parents after visiting like the, uh, I don't know if you guys have Blockbuster in Australia, but we yeah, yeah. Um, and go to Blockbuster and pick out, you know, a movie and it'd always be a rom-com. And so I kind of just, and I wasn't much of a reader either. And then in 2012, I got a Kindle and I asked for one and, um, I just started reading a lot and I, I, I just geared everything toward romance because I just always loved the romance part of a story. And um, I was commuting an hour and 20 minutes one way to work. And it was at the time where like, there is no podcast like this. And there was, <laughs> there was no Spotify or audiobooks. It was more of just, you know, here's your CD and good luck. And so um, I would just start thinking about all the books I was reading. And one day I was like, you know what, like, what if I just wrote my own? Because I was, you know, thinking like, what if this happened? What if that happened? And so I decided to write my own. And oh my God, it was such trash. I like wrote it in a week. (laughs) And (laughs) Every single author says that. Like the last author we had on is like, I wrote um, my first book, but it's never coming out. No one will ever (laughs) see it. Oh, people saw it. People still read it. And I'm like, oh, like it, it's a four book series and it's, it's as if I decided to go into a pantry of book writing and then pull everything out and just dump it into one giant bowl. There's like, <laughs> there's multiple points of view, there's cheating, there's drugs, there's like just the, the plethora of, and it's like sports romance. And like, I, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but, um, people, people who can get past the like writing aspect, cause my writing is so much better now. Um, they actually enjoy it because it's really like, there's tons of cliffhangers and like the whole series is out now, but it was like, what else can I put in here? At one point I put like too much and my beta readers were like, uh, can you pull back a little bit? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I am actually like next year's the 10 year anniversary of that, that book coming out. And so I'm going to 
I have someone working on it, changing it from third person past tense to first person present. And then I know, and then I'm going to go through and like pretty much rewrite the whole thing and like make it more of the style that I have now and re-release it next year. So oh, for the so 10 year cool. anniversary. That's, that's so exciting. Yeah. And I'll I kind of like want to read it what it's like it. now. I want to read Don't. it what it's like now and then like reread it when it comes out. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, if you want to do it like for scientific purposes, then yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's for research. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Well, congratulations. Like you have so many books out now. How many books do you have out? Um, I had to count the other day because my one friend was like, oh my God, Megan, it'd be so cute if you like did a TikTok that was like hundred books. Like you have a hundred books out. And I was like, I don't have a hundred. <laughs> and she was like, what's the closest number? And I think I have like a little over 60. Wow. So, That's so many books. That is. I know. And I was like, okay. maybe like maybe 75. Like that's like a, a good number. Man, a big celebration. You're a machine. Yeah, for a while it was, I was uh, putting out a lot every year. I kind of honed back just a little. It's like seven books a year. (laughs) Yeah, because you released two books really quickly in succession this time. Yeah, so basically it's usually two months in between, but like coming up, it's because I I released five indie books and then I released two with my publisher. And so I have to fit them in. And sometimes they kind of like come real quick right after each other. So like I released in August with Royally Not Ready. And then October, I've released with my publisher. And that's called Runaway Groomsman. And then in November, I will release another book. And then December, I have um, a short story coming out with Amazon Original Stories. And it's a like little Christmas Aww. lovely piece it's called um resting scrooge face and i <laughs> so absolutely it's a love it yes yes <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> what um, book is coming out in november so great question the book that's coming out in november is called untying the knot and um you guys read a not so meet cute and so not meant to be um and so everyone's like oh my god it's the third brother's book it's not um, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's their friend and it ties all the books together and it has JP and Kelsey's wedding in it and it's about a married couple in the first chapter the wife asks for a divorce and it's kind of them like finding themselves again and it goes like past present past present and so you see like how they found themselves and then like how they're currently trying to like make things work again. And Is it I would with Ellie by any chance? No, Ellie. No, no, no Dave. No. no, not Dave and Ellie, no. Okay. Um <laughs> no, it's actually I introduced the character in an extended epilogue um from So Not Meant to Be. And so his name is Riot, and he's actually from my baseball series. He's from The Perfect Catch. And um, he was the third baseman, but now he's retired and it's his life after baseball. And um, I love it. <laughs> I feel like it readers are going to really be like, cool. yeah, I think readers will be surprised because it's just so different from what they're used to reading. Because like you guys have read a decent amount of my books where you would think 
it always starts off super funny and then you kind of get to the meat of it during like 75% and then it gets like kind of sad and like you feel the like heart of the book but then Mm -hmm. like this book it's sad at the beginning (laughs) oh she's gonna love it I am really yeah, yeah, it's got Jay's name written all over it. I love sad books. <laughs> she does. It's really But there's bizarre. like the like past parts are super funny. So I think it has like really good levity to break up those, you know, sadder, sadder parts. I don't know, I just found like when I was writing, I was like, this is so sad. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I don't know what possessed me to and then it's like styled like a rom com because it is funny. But I feel like people are going to make this is a sad rom-com. And I'm like, I know. What happened? <laughs> I like the, um, like, jumping back and forth. Like, that's clever. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It it was confusing at first because it's every other chapter. And I'm like, oh, I hope readers don't find this annoying. But I think the way, like, the chapters coincide together. So, like, something from the present happens. And then the past, you kind of see, like, why it happened. And so it kind of like all makes sense together, which I think oh, is fun. I'm really excited. That's gonna be to such an that. interesting read, especially because I love the idea of someone re, kind of like starting their relationship over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like it's such, it's gonna be really, I guess, like wholesome because they've fallen in love once and now they get to fall in love again. And you get to see it. Yeah, I agree completely. I, um. And then I also like really like the idea that so one of my favorite things is that you um, when couples are together, but they're not quite together yet in that like sexual moment, but Mm -hmm. they have like temptations. And that's one of my favorite things to play around with. And so this couple is very like everything about their relationship, like sexually is amazing. But and so you feel that tension and that pull between them. But then when you see like the problems, you're like, oh, like this is why they like can't be together. And so I play around with that sexual tension a lot, which I think is exciting. You do. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's quite a slow burn sometimes. And you're like, fuck, just make it happen already. Just do it. Just come on. And then there's a lot of dry humping. The, oh my god, there's so much dry humping. I think dry humping is one of the best things ever, honestly. Like really? I just love yes. I I think and like even in like a lot of my past books too, I there's always a dry humping scene. Like I always. try to put one put one in there. I <laughs> I think it's hot and I really think that characters can connect on another level without actually like, you know, physically connecting. And I was literally just thinking about in the book that I'm writing right now, um, how can I fit in a dry humping scene? (laughs) (laughs) We we actually, our second episode is about a not so meet cute. And we had a lot to say about the rooftop dry humping with the jeans and her being naked. And we were like, wouldn't she chafe? Like we couldn't work (laughs) out how it would work. Sometimes, sometimes you have to not think about the chafing and just think about the pleasure. (laughs) yeah yeah no fair enough so um I'll jump to this I wanted to uh your book Royally Not Ready I absolutely loved it I have to tell I felt like it was quite different to what you normally write like it didn't feel like it fit the mold 
kind of essentially to what your normal books are, but it was so much spicier. Why did you choose to do that? So I, when I first came up with this idea, I've been sitting on it for, I think a year, maybe a little over a year. And, um, I really, I thought about, you know, like Beatrice, um, like Prince William's, uh, cousin. Okay. So like she lives a normal everyday life. Like she has like a regular job and her sister has a regular job, but they're, they're royalty. And I just think I thought it was so unique. And I was like, what would happen if like, God forbid in that royalty situation, everyone disappears somehow. And this one sole person who's living, living a normal life has to take over. And so that's what I came up with. And when I was writing it, I was like, you know, I haven't, like, I write pretty spicy, especially with my indie stuff. My Motley stuff is um, a little bit more, it's, there's the full sex scenes and it's spicy, but not anything that's, like, close to my indie stuff. Um, but I was like, you know what, let's just go for it, Megan. Let's just, let's just make this, like, super, super thrilling for everybody. It was. <laughs> it so- was very <laughs> thrilling. <laughs> we so are thrilled. I wanted to take it there and um I don't usually do like a dom sub relationship very often I only have one other series that's like that um and I was like you know it's been long enough let's let's tap into it a little a little bit again yeah do you want to give us a bit of an overview about royally not ready like what it's about yeah so basically uh the main character lily is living her best life in Miami, and Love she is a <laughs> she's a bikini salesperson. She has like a bikini truck with her best friend Timmy Tuna, Love. and um, <laughs> she is like watering down people one day for a wet T-shirt contest, and she gets pulled to the side by this Viking of a man, and he's like, "I need to talk to you," and he slips her a business card. And this guy, his name is Keller, and he is the second hand to the king of Torsk Thorpe, which is like the worst name ever. And there's a reason for it. Um, But um, she's basically the last heir and they need her to come up and give it the old college try and see if she wants to take over or else they lose their country and like everything that the country stands for. And so it's basically like, a grown-up version of Princess Diaries, but different too. Yeah, definitely more grown-up. But I was going to ask, it's like, it's quite um, Princess Diaries-esque in some aspects. Yeah. And I really liked that about it. Yeah, there's like the whole last air training situation. But then like, once you get past that part, there's so much more depth depth within the story that you don't expect um once you get down to it so I really like the idea of because I feel like sometimes you read royal romances um and I love them all and it's like the person falls in love with the bodyguard I was like I don't Mm -hmm. want him really to be a bodyguard like I guess he protects her a lot of the time but she does have her own bodyguards um I just really wanted her to him to be like the stubborn, grumpy, you know, educator who has to sit through like all these history classes and teach her everything about this country that he's 
you know, loved his entire life. And I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it was really good, especially like with the codfish cakes and stuff. You made it really funny. Like I was giggling out loud and I usually don't laugh out loud during a book. But with this one, I was like, I love this. It's so funny. And I hope that Timmy Tuna is going to rock up at some point. Like, will there be more of them in other books? <laughs> um, so I actually have a sequel coming out. Um, it'll probably only be two books for this thing I mean I have an idea for a third one but I don't know I don't think there's enough like enough substance for me to do a third one because there's only so much that you can do but um (laughs) the second one is actually going to be a continuation of Lily and Keller's story and then oh my god yes I thought it was gonna be about is it Lara yeah Lara and And no it won't be an otter Otter, yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited, I can't. (laughs) Yeah, no, it'll be about Keller and Lily. And um, the story came to me one night, I couldn't sleep. And it was like one of those nights where I didn't get to sleep until 3 a.m. But I was just laying in bed thinking about different things. And all of a sudden, it just like dawned on me, this entire storyline. And I was like, oh my god, like I had no intention of writing a second book at all. And I even was talking to one of my friends and she was like, Megan, you didn't leave it on a cliffhanger. You left it like happily ever after. Like no one would have like the like want to like move on to the next book. Like usually how authors will end a book where it's like, you know, you could see that there's more. Yeah. We want. We definitely want. I was like, I don't care. Um, I really need to write this. So yeah, it'll be about Keller and Lily. And then you'll get glimpses. Um, Timmy Tuna is going to come back and he'll have like a bigger role. Um, And then obviously like Laura will be in there and um, Runa, her, her um, chamber. Her lady's maid. Lady's maid. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I got you. I freaking loved it. You have no idea. I was like, so I recently read Nordic King not long ago and it's my first Uh royal book that I read and it's about an Australian nanny who takes care of the king, like a widowed king's children and they fall madly in love and it's amazing and she's like an ex-criminal and stuff, which is, you know, whatever. Australians Mm -hmm. are all ex-criminals. But... But yeah, and then I read this and I was like, oh, I really hope it lives up to the expectations because I think I started out like really well and I freaking loved this book. It was so good. After I read it, I called the girls and I'm like, I love it so much. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I I actually did a lot of um, research on like the Scandinavian type culture and but I, I had to do like a British accent because of audio and so I had I was wondering why he had a British accent for a bit and then it was because his dad right yeah and so like I wrote in the book that it's like British influenced country and like I try to like it was difficult and so like if readers got confused it it was all because of audio so just so you guys know (laughs) (laughs) um it's weird because you have to think about that stuff when you're writing a book you know, because I, I searched for a, no, a Norwegian accent, but no one could do it. And so mm-hmm. mid-edits, I had to change it up and, like, add the British influence and all that stuff so that it would make more sense. 
And that's why yeah. I was like, just north of the UK and like <laughs> made up this island just north of <laughs> like Ireland in the UK. And um, when you're making up countries, I guess you can do whatever you want. So. Yeah, that's amazing. So Keller is actually quite a unique protagonist because he's a dom, but he's also extremely insecure. How did you come up with him as a character, essentially? I think the best doms or the best alphas are the ones that are insecure. And they have this deep-rooted sense of something that is holding them back. And I had to come up with what that was going to be. So he's overly confident when it comes to the bedroom, you know, when it comes to his country and his service and everything in that aspect. But when it comes to his his parents and living up to their expectations since they passed away and he wasn't able to show them the man that he is, that was a big insecurity of, of his. And he tried to just live up to what they taught him when he was growing up. And when it comes down to it, it's, it was more of a hindrance than anything. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so let's move on to, so not meant to be, I keep saying not so meant to be because I'm not so make you. Everyone does. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not meant to be. And do you know what we love about this book? The fact that there's a podcast in it. Obviously. Oh yeah. <laughs> we feel very seen. Yeah, we do. We feel heard. We feel respected. And we absolutely love that concept of that podcast. Like it's so clever. And especially that you put so the podcast is about love, where Kelsey would have couples from Megan's previous books on to explain their love story. And um we want to know how you came up with that idea because I've never seen that before. So clever. So smart. Thank you. Um, so my writing, my books are like one giant megaverse where they all kind of tangle together in some way. So I'm always planting Easter eggs wherever I can fit them. And so like in my book, Runaway Groomsmen, that comes out in October, you'll see a million different Easter eggs that are a little bit more subtle, but the main character is a screenwriter. And so he talks about different ways of writing a story and his examples are examples of my previous books and like if you've read like the highland fling is in there but if you read it highland fling thank you you would you would see it and so when it came to so these these three books and not so me cute so not meant to be and then breaker's book that comes out in january they're all oh thank god i was gonna ask you when does breaker's book come out because i'm so (laughs) excited for january (laughs) Okay, and I'm gonna put that in my diary. They all revolve around a classic rom com. So Not to Me Cute had like pretty woman vibes. And then So Not Meant to Be was when Harry Met Sally vibes. And if you remember, and when Harry Met Sally, they have like in between the, the acts or the scenes, they interview those old couples. And yeah. they're like <laughs> Yeah, and right. they're like, oh, oh my like, god, that makes so much sense. I love yeah. that. So then I was like, how can I do that, but in like a modern way that ties into Kelsey? And Kelsey is all about finding love and just loving love. And so I was like, oh, she could have a podcast and she can ask people about how they are meant to be. And um, at first, I asked readers their like different love stories, 
I mean, it got too complicated. And I was like, I don't know if people will like want credit or something like you have to be careful about that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'll just like interview all of my previous characters and like make people happy because they'll have some like throwbacks and they'll be like, I love this character. And so um, it's kind of how I did it, which was really, I, it was a lot of fun for me to remember, you know, all those characters yeah. again. No, that's awesome. Um, so we do have a really important question about a not so make cute. And that is... Why does Jeff hold a cigarette but never smoke it? <laughs> I literally was like, who is Jeff? <laughs> you skipped it. <laughs> You've written too many books. Oh, the stepdad, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Betty had a field day about it. She couldn't work it out when we did a Not So Meet Cute on the podcast. She was so stressed. Well, because it's, it's one... <laughs> bit in the beginning of a not so meet cute where she's like going home after work and jeff is like mowing the lawns and she's like and you're introducing jeff as a character and who he is and you reference that he has like an unlit cigarette in his mouth and then it just never gets mentioned again and i was like what is the significance of this cigarette and it's not mentioned in the second book either i don't think there's any significance other than in that moment when i was writing i was like huh I feel like this guy would have an unlit cigarette because maybe he was a previous smoker, but and just like That's the feel of it there, but doesn't smoke it. That's what I said to her. I'm like, maybe he just likes holding on to it. Like, who cares? Biddy has That's like that. this thing where she needs to like she like like the logistics of books. Like she needs to know like the exact details. It's a That's shit so show, funny. Megan. It's a shit show. I let us tell you. The worst part. The worst part about the way that I write is I don't plot out anything. And so usually when I'm writing, it's just spur of the moment. So if you have an unlit cigarette, it's most likely spur of the moment and not thought out (laughs) at all. (laughs) And I wish that was, there was like something special that I could tell you about that unlit cigarette and the significance and maybe how it had like some sort of like great Gatsby green light moment, but it just Um, Megan, what can we expect from Breaker's book? Is it going to be, I forgot the girl's name because I'm really terrible with names, but, um, the friend of his, is that who Ophelia the other Ophelia is her Ophelia. name. Ophelia. I remember yeah. thinking it was really Shakespearean. Yeah. It's Ophelia and he calls her Leah. Oh. Um, but he only calls her Ophelia when it's like a really serious, intimate moment, which I think is super Ooh. sweet. Um, it tailors around my best friend's wedding. And oh, I fucking love that movie. It is, All the movies you're mentioning, I'm obsessed with. It took me a while to figure out like what I wanted to do, but basically they've known each other since college. And it starts the prologue starts with how they meet in college. And like I pulled like a um uh I don't know what you call I I, I pulled an example from friends or an idea from friends. You know how they go back to college. And they always have, or like high school, and they always have, they always look different. And yeah. so I was like, oh, well, back in college, like they would look different. So like Breaker is like trying out a mustache and he has like really <laughs> shaggy hair and just like not the like put together guy that he is now. 
Um, but it basically like expect to be frustrated and uh, it's, it borders, it borders so hard on cheating. I'm not, they're not cheating because she is getting married and he is, uh, the man of honor and he, in the midst of helping her through all of the planning, starts to realize that he loves her and like his oh, shit. like JP and Huxley are like, dude, we've been telling you this for years. And yeah. so now I'm at the point where I'm writing it right now. And she's like, he's trying not to cross the line, but he's showing her how he's the better man. And he like does light touches and like all of these little things. <laughs> Oh, where you're cringy, like, I love her. I know. To the moment where like they like look at each other, they pause, they wet their lips, and you're like, oh my god, are they gonna kiss? Like, are they gonna do it? But they don't. And so, um, it's at that I'm at that point right now where she starts to see like, oh my god, like I think I'm with the wrong guy. And so, um, it's very very exciting. He's about to give her because like she just had a conversation with Lottie and Kelsey. And she, um, her like sex life with her fiance is awful. And so she's like, oh my going, God. she's going to break her to ask him about blowjobs. And <laughs> she's be like, how do I give a good blowjob? And he has to like sit there as the best friend who is in love with her and tell her how to please the guy that he hates with oh, a blowjob. I can't. I really want to read it, but I really don't because I know that this book is going to be like sweet agony. I can already tell. It is. It is. (laughs) But you like put in parts in these books, which just make you want to just be throw your Kindle like the Harry met Sally, the orgasm in the restaurant. (laughs) Holy shit, Megan. I do not know what you were thinking, but that's like not even a Harry Met Sally orgasm. That was like pornographic. Anyway. (laughs) That was on another level. It was, it was actually like too hot to be when Harry Met Sally. You were kind of like, oh, I'm heating up a bit from this. I mean, that's JP style though. He's over the top. So why wouldn't he do it like that? No, totally. And also with the pigeons. How did you come up with ca- the kazoo with the bow ties kazoo. and the kazoo? Yeah, yeah. kazoo. Um, so <laughs> I get this question a lot. And I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I think it's in within JP's like personality to feel bad about his life and where he's going. So in order to make up for him feeling bad, he decides to do something to make him feel better. And so, which is like dish out his money, like get rid of all this money. Like, I don't need this money. Who can I donate to? And so I was looking up organizations, odd organizations in San Francisco. And the first one that came up was a pigeon foundation. And I was like, look no further because who on (laughs) earth is donating to save the pigeons? And it's like a real thing. And so then of course I got caught up in it. And I'm like <laughs> procrastinating and reading about saving the pigeons and how they're like, majestic animals. And when they got the pigeon, like it's matching shirt and bow tie. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, 
but the best part about it is that I was like, well, let me see these pigeons who need to be adopted. Like I need to see like what they look like so that I can like portray this properly in my book. And, um, as I'm looking through them, kazoo pops up and I was like, well, isn't kazoo the best name for a pigeon? And so kazoo, kazoo is a real bird. He's not yet adopted. So if anyone's looking for, Oh my God, please adopt him. That's so sweet. I kind of want to adopt him, but I love how he's like, can I train Kazoo to send out letters to Kazoo? Also, Kazoo makes a cameo in my November book because. Oh my God, I was going to ask, is he going to come back? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he does. He gets mentioned quite often. He, because it's JP and Kelsey's wedding in in the November book and like Riot and Myla, who are the main characters. Um, they have to kind of fake that they're together while they go to JP and Kelsey's wedding. And while they're there, Kazoo is obviously part of the wedding. And so like, like Riot and Maya are like, what's with the freaking pigeon? <laughs> I love how Kelsey just accepts him though, because Brake is like, you are like spiraling with these fucking yeah. pigeons. And Kelsey's like, no, it's normal. I'll go to the opening with you. <laughs> do you want to give us you a to meet of, him yeah i know do you want to give us a bit of an overview of not not so meant to be so not so wait, not meant to be fuck sorry so not meant to be i made but it I confusing I on purpose thank you <laughs> um so not meant to be is uh basically about um JP is kind of looks like the player on the outside, but on the inside, he's just kind of maybe a little bit ooey gooey. And Kelsey is all about finding love. And that's all she wants. She's that like solid love. And um, JP and her kind of clash heads because he's an instigator and he, you know, just likes to push her buttons. It's his form of love. And so um, he finds he out that a he little likes shit. Her. Yeah, he's a little yeah. shit. Like that's what when I think of JP, I think a little shit. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what he is. Um, but he he likes her and he doesn't know how to go about explaining that he likes her. And he doesn't think he's good enough. He doesn't think he can be in a relationship. And she just doesn't see it at all. And so it kind of is when Harry met Sally, them going back and forth, back and forth of you know, how to deal with their relationship. Are they friends? Are they enemies? What are they? And then that's just kind of how it goes out the story. I really feel like I'm going to watch When Harry Met Sally after this. I'm not going to lie. You should. And then you'll <laughs> be like, huh. Yeah, I know. I see um, some. <clears throat> he's super emotional. There was also in the wedding games, the brother, highly emotional men in your books. Like you don't generally see men crying and like whimpering and carrying on. And um, these guys and like the brother in the wedding games really emotional really intense I forgot what his name is but he's hilarious Thad. <laughs> Ta- pardon Thad yes Thad, Thad. I thought it was yeah. Thaddeus <laughs> Thaddeus yeah highly emotional but also JP is quite emotional as well like why did you make men cry uh, <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> why do you make men cry Megan so I am one of three in my family and I have two older brothers and my older brothers are 
difference, then they're not, they're both computer nerds. Um, they're both sensitive. One who I love dearly has very much a drama queen. Um, and so that's who it's based on, that? Because that is, he's so I just funny, think I, I get it in my head, yes. And then, like, my brother-in-law, he is probably one of the most interesting humans I've ever met. And I just love, like, listening to the way he talks and the way he says things and his reactions. We have a group thread with him and uh, with him and his wife. And I just... Like, he's so freaking funny, but also, like, very JP-esque, an instigator, but super sensitive. And I just think it's, like, an all-around great character. And I love using using that kind of uh, personality. And plus, I'm very humorous in my writing, so it is harder for me to write somebody like Keller or Huxley, where they're, like, more serious, where they're kind of a grump. Because I like to tell jokes a lot, and I like to have good banter in my books. And so when they're, like, a grump, it's harder for me to carry on the dialogue because they're just like cut it off quickly where they're just like, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's harder. So I like to incorporate the characters that are a little bit, maybe like more dramatic in the guys. Like I have quite a few dramatic guys. Um, Thaddeus is definitely one of them. Jason from my baseball series, he's in the lineup and he's one of my most dramatic characters, but he's so freaking funny. Um, and then obviously like JP has, has a little bit of that in him too. Yeah. Thaddeus is high drama. Like I was obsessed with him. He was just, it was just beyond. (laughs) Like I couldn't understand how somebody could be like the squealing, the way that you were explaining the squealing. (laughs) That's what got to me. I was like, I can imagine a fully grown man squealing over a wedding cake. (laughs) Like it was just... I mean, why not? Why not? I actually have another one of those characters too, um, Paul in The Mother Road. And he is almost like maybe he should be friends with Thaddeus. Very dramatic. Paul is a Um, know-it-all. A know-it-all, which like it's my brother's combined. So my oldest brother is a know-it-all. And um, my second oldest brother is a drama queen. So if you put them together... Then you have Paul from the Mother Road. <laughs> That's amazing. So we'll um, jump a little bit about you personally, Megan. We want to know, do you have any favorite authors at the moment? Um, so I recently discovered a few that I really love. Um, Sarah Hogel, uh, she wrote um, You Deserve Each Other. And it's one of my favorites. Um, I think just the whole plot of the book is is genius and I love it and it's super funny um and then I also love Alexis Daria and she wrote you have me at Ola and um I think she is she's wonderful um I love Christina Lauren she's always are yeah. they are always a go-to they for are me. amazing they're so yeah. good love them love them um I have a few royal romances that I like um oh, tell us I need to know immediately because now I'm obsessed. <laughs> now I can't remember what, what it's oh, I've called. I've put you on the spot. Um, I know the second one is called The Air Affair. Oh, right. The Royal We. The Royal We is the first one. And Amazing. Then, and then The Air Affair is the second one. 
So I like those. I think they're pretty good. Amazing. So we want to know, what are you reading at the moment? So currently I am reading Love Scenes by Bridget Morrissey. And it is, I just started chapter one. So yeah, how is um, it so far? Are you reading it? So, <laughs> so, far, <laughs> so far I'm getting, giving it a five out of five. Um, <laughs> the first sentence was Stella, great gap grammar. It, it got me, it got me. Um, yeah, no, I, so far so good. So um, I can't wait to read more of it. Um, so what advice do you have for aspiring female authors? Um, I would tell them that they need to stop thinking too much and just write and write it all down. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made earlier on was I would try to go back and re-edit everything that I wrote and then I would never move on. And I, cause I get so sick of what I wrote and constantly trying to change it that I would never get to chapter two. So Mm -hmm. I would say, don't edit, just write, just keep on writing. And then once you have the book, you guys, it's very important. You cannot edit it yourself. You need other people (laughs) to edit it. (laughs) I made that huge error with my first book that we talked about. And I was annihilated by people oh I had like I remember putting out on a blog tour and I was so excited and I had this one blog come back to me and said emailed me and said they couldn't finish it they DNF'd it because it was so horribly written and unedited that they oh, like could even bother shit. oh, oh my I, God. I, I the cried book. holy crap yeah I cried so hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to cry for you. Oh, it's so brutal. And like, what's funny is that, like, a few years later, they were like all about my books, which I thought was kind of yeah. Cool. I was gonna say and like, I bet they're fucking like eating their words now. Yeah, <laughs> like, eat shit, guys. I know. And I wanted to be like, and it was a really big blog, and I wanted to be like. um do you guys remember that email you sent? You should. <laughs> That's something like, we would do. We'd be like, hey, remember when you rejected us for the podcast? <laughs> You're not welcome anymore. Um, I do think, though, sometimes, even when it is a brutal way of being told something, those things last with you the most. And so I took that and I was like, oh, boy, I guess I can't edit this myself. And so then I started developing an editing process and now I have actually worked with Marion Archer and she, um, lives in Australia and, um, yes, yes. She always calls me pop it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, uh, she is, she does my developmental content and then I have another editor who does my grammar and all that stuff. Then I have a proofer, two proofers and myself and it's still, there's like errors sometimes. So it is what it is. But Holy crap. Um, You've really created yeah, a job market. Yeah. yeah. What'd you say? You're employed. You've really created a job market. Oh, there's so many, like, it's funny because <laughs> people, I'll be like, oh, I have a deadline and they're like, it's an indie book. Like, what does that matter? You can move it. I'm like, I, I legit cannot move this book. Like I can't move any, any book that I have because I have, 
I would say six to 10 people, depending on what I'm doing, who rely on me to hit a deadline because I schedule mm-hmm. and book them out in advance. And so when it comes oh, to shit. editing, when it comes to audio, when it comes to covers and graphics and all that stuff, it's all outsourced. And so it, and I schedule those people. So if I don't hit my deadline, I'm messing up other people's deadlines and their income. So wow. you have wow. to be careful. <laughs> That's <laughs> hectic. So Megan, we'll let you go. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And next week we are talking about Detective Daddy by Mallory Kane. This one we've been yeah. waiting for. For a very long time. We're really excited. It's a very old Harlequin book. And it's the first ever smart book I ever read. Oh. You've been I need to, I need to jump on this. Detective Daddy. What a good title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in today's society, it would have been called like Detective Daddy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, Megan. We've had such a blast having you on and we're so grateful. Um, And hopefully we'll have you on again soon when another one of your incredible books comes out. Well, thank you so much. I had a good time, ladies. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.